3: I think if you're Genie Bus and you are the Lakers, what you're really in the middle of right here is a power struggle with LeBron James. I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt that LeBron James thought he could sort of elbow his way in last uh, late winter, right before the Super Bowl, when he had his guy, uh, Rich Paul, who is his agent. Go straight out basically and say Anthony Davis wants to be traded out of the New Orleans for the New Orleans Pelicans. They thought they were setting up the Lakers to make that trade and that Anthony Davis would be in with the Lakers. And then I think the Lakers started to have those conversations. They realized what the price was going to be. The Pelicans weren't eager to make Anthony Davis happy. And the grand plan that had been put in place by Rich Paul, who represented both clients, blew up in his face, and it ended up blowing up in the Lakers' face, ended up blowing up in LeBron's face. The entire rest of the season was a disaster because LeBron had found out that the entire team was trying to trade him away. All of those things factor in in a big and positive uh, positive way for people who hate the Lakers and, uh, and hate LeBron James. For the Lakers and LeBron, it was an unmitigated disaster, and it's continued all the way up through Magic Johnson basically saying, hey, I'm done. Luke Walton walks away, gets a job in Sacramento with maybe a better, younger team, better talent, certainly outside the microscope of being the Laker head coach, and you're left behind with LeBron James and a complete and utter void in the leadership department. What is going to happen? Well, the talk had been that Ty Lue was going to come in. It's not like Ty Lue is a savior. And I think Jeannie Buss and her brain trust with the Lakers are sitting around and they are completely flummoxed right now. They don't know what the right move is because they have an incredibly valuable asset in LeBron James, which is declining in value every single day. And this is important, and I, I think it's you know important in general in life to know when you have an advancing asset and when you have a declining asset. Because if you have a declining asset, you want to get rid of it before it becomes worthless. And right now, LeBron is going to turn 35 in December. Uh, and if you look at most 35-year-old NBA players, they are on the back end of their career. Doesn't mean that LeBron James can't still be good. Doesn't mean that LeBron James can't still be a championship caliber player for the next three years remaining on his contract, but it does to me mean that you are in a somewhat similar situation that you found yourself with Kobe Bryant, where you end up with a Kobe Bryant farewell tour, and the only relevance the Lakers had when they had Kobe on the back end of his career was all of the things that Kobe had done beforehand. They were paying him a ton of money when he wasn't worth it anymore. And I think they're facing the same sort of dilemma with LeBron James right now. And on top of that, I think LeBron is in the middle of a power struggle, and that power struggle requires LeBron at some point to get rid of the good young assets that the Lakers theoretically have in order to replace them with somebody who can win right now. And I think the odds of the Lakers winning a championship, if they're being brutally honest, are really low. Now we'll see what exactly ends up happening with the free agent class, but right now if you're reading the tea leaves, it seems likely that Kevin Durant is going to go to the Knicks. It seems somewhat likely that Kawhi Leonard is either going to go to the Clippers or he's going to re-sign potentially with the Toronto Raptors depending on how their season goes. And by the way, Kawhi could effectively be a free agent as soon as Sunday, if the Raptors choked in Game 7 against the Sixers and lost that game at home in Toronto. And you've got Kyrie Irving already on uh, the curb uh, with the Boston Celtics having been knocked out, losing four straight to the Bucks, So Kyrie's got uh, a decision to make. Jimmy Butler, we'll find out whether or not Jimmy Butler is going to be uh, officially on the market uh, come Sunday as well, depending on what happens. Either Jimmy Butler or uh, certainly Kyrie Irving will be on the market. What do you do? And so I think if you're GD Bus, you have to sit back and you have to make the decision, okay, if I go get anybody other than Kawhi or Kevin Durant for the Lakers, am I capable of having a championship team around LeBron James? I think the answer is no, for the free agent class. Now remember, there are some guys you could theoretically trade for, but that would require giving up a lot of your good young assets. We already saw the Lakers were unwilling to do that for Anthony Davis already and they still don't have the most uh, and best asset class out there. So I think Gd Buss is in a complicated situation, a difficult situation even. And I think that's behind what happened with uh, Ty Lue. She said, okay, you know what? We'll give Ty Lue three years. I'll give LeBron James his guy to be his coach because effectively LeBron James is going to be a player coach if we do this, and I will allow that to happen. And if that happens, then it's a uh, kind of no-brainer, right? Like you go ahead and set it up and uh and maybe you go ahead and just ride it out with LeBron three years is not that long even if he's a declining asset but I think what you have to do is trade LeBron James I think that when you look at all of the likely outcomes here I think by far the most valuable decision the Lakers could make and it sounds a little bit crazy it's like hitting the eject when the airplane's going down I think you have to go ahead and get rid of LeBron James NBA is set up really for a spectacular Sunday. There's a possibility you're going to get three Game 7s. You've already got the Nuggets going up against the Trailblazers, and you've got the Raptors hosting the 76ers. Possibility tonight, if the Warriors lose, if the Rockets can win Game 6, that the Rockets would be going back to Oracle, tied up with the Warriors, uh, three games apiece, and you would have a triple header of Game 7 action. First time that would have occurred in the NBA since 2014. Only the second time in the history of the league to have triple game sevens. Meanwhile, the Milwaukee Bucks sitting out there with their feet kicked up. Nothing at all to worry about. So, a really good Sunday potentially coming. In the meantime, you guys can actually stay up alongside of me. You don't have to worry about it on uh, Friday tonight and watch and see what ends up happening with the Warriors and the Rockets in game six uh, that game will tip off at 9 30 eastern but a lot of you have off Saturday so you can stay up a little bit later would make yourself uh, aware of what happens there and then Sunday's game if it happens game seven between those two would be at uh, 3 30 eastern time 12 30 on the west coast early tip on Sunday for Game 7 between Warriors-Rockets. I've been saying it all season uh, or all uh, postseason. I believe whoever wins the Warriors-Rockets series is going to win the NBA Finals. I'm sticking to that. So if the Rockets can find their way to win two and come back from a 3-2 series deficit, I think the Rockets would go on and win the NBA title. Although, uh, I think based on the injury to Kevin Durant and the way the Warriors have played in general they have played now uh, what they've been in two series they won the first one four to two they've won the second one so far three to two the Warriors just been okay in the postseason seven and four uh, I think there's a good chance they lose this one tonight it would drop them to seven and five in the 12 games that they would have played in the postseason so far and they'd have a do or die game seven coming up so that is a storyline worth following I'm sure on Monday we're gonna effectively be all in. Breaking down all three of those Game 7s and getting you ready as we head into uh, the, uh, the conference final rounds in the East and the West in the NBA. So all that is still to come on the horizon, uh, and I'm looking forward to watching Game 6. But the drama that is out there surrounding the Lakers right now is, I think, of paramount importance. Because Jeannie Buss and her advisors, potentially including Kurt Rambis and his wife, trying to decide what to do with their head coaching situation... And also trying to decide what to do with their primary asset on this team, which is LeBron James. Now, the irony here, and I started talking about this months ago, is LeBron James tried to force a trade for Anthony Davis. And effectively, he had his crew say, we will trade anybody but LeBron to get Anthony Davis into L.A. to be a partner with LeBron James. The irony here is, the guy who should be traded is LeBron James amazingly, and I can't believe this, LeBron went to the Lakers without a trade clause protection in his contract. That means that the Lakers can trade him if they so desire. If they can find a willing trade partner who is capable of giving up a substantial asset for him. All right, There are a couple of ways that I could see this happening. Here are two trades that I would explore if I were the Lakers and Jeannie Bus. One, I think there's a possibility you could trade LeBron straight up for Anthony Davis. Then you sign Anthony Davis to a long-term contract extension. You get a decade younger. You pair Anthony Davis with all of the good young talent that already surrounds that Laker franchise, and you start trying to persuade another big-time free agent to come and join Anthony Davis. Who could that guy be? I don't know. Would Kevin Durant look differently at the Lakers if you had Anthony Davis there already with the good young talent around him? Would Kyrie Irving... If he didn't have to play with LeBron James, would Kyrie Irving be willing to pair with Anthony Davis, his friend, and the Lakers? I think that's probably a very viable potential. Trade LeBron to the Pelicans for Anthony Davis. If you are the Pelicans, you get LeBron James for three more years and or you set up your own trade with the Pelicans. In the meantime, you get rid of Anthony Davis. You replace him with LeBron and... And you start looking for other trade partners potentially with LeBron because LeBron doesn't have any ability to force anything because he's still got three years left on his contract. This would drive LeBron James crazy because he sees himself as a mogul, as a businessman. He's not supposed to be the one getting traded. But I think it would be a brilliant move. So Anthony Davis, you add him, I think there's a good chance you could get Kyrie Irving. For the Laker fans out there listening to me right now, Wouldn't you love that combo? You get Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving, plus all your young guys. That's a young core of a team. Everybody is 26 or under, effectively, and you can build for the next couple of years and feel like you can contend for a championship. I like my odds better there than I do with LeBron and either one of those players because LeBron's a declining asset. I think that's a hell of a move. So That's my number one goal trade LeBron James straight up. Ironically enough, he tried to get the Lakers to make the trade for Anthony Davis by using everybody else instead of himself. I would go and trade LeBron James straight up for Anthony Davis. Now this trade, the second trade, would be a little bit more complicated. You could trade LeBron James, I mentioned it in hour one with Lance Taylor, if the Knicks win the number one overall pick in the draft lottery. Expectation is they are going to draft Zion Williamson. If you right now, could trade LeBron James straight up and I know there'd be other salary cap ramifications so you'd have to take on other contracts probably to make the dollars balance out but if you could trade LeBron James effectively straight up for the number one overall pick if you were a Laker fan wouldn't you rather have Zion Williamson than LeBron James wouldn't you rather pair Zion with all of the good young talent you already have than to try to watch a declining asset and LeBron James turn 36, 37, and 38 uh, in his remaining contract years with you. You're redoing Kobe all over again. LeBron has been injured. Those are the two trades that I would explore that I like the most. Straight up for Anthony Davis. Then you persuade Kyrie to come join you as a free agent. Boom. You got Anthony Davis, Kyrie, and all the other young people surrounding him. I love that trade. Or... You persuade the Knicks, and I'm not sure the Knicks would do it, but that way you could theoretically pair LeBron James and Kevin Durant on the Knicks and see how their tandem could do over the next few years, and you get a young asset in Zion Williamson who will be the overall number one pick. All right, I'm going to bring in the crew. Coop, your response to that?
4: I don't like either scenario, Clay.
3: You don't like either of those trades? No. um, What trade would you make?
4: Well, first of all, if if you're doing the Anthony Davis one, it's it's got to be a sign and trade because Well,
3: you you want him for a long, yes. Yeah.
4: So, you know, cuz you could get him, you know, theoretically, it's not out of the question that he comes to the Lakers anyway. That, that's still a possibility. But I, don't,
3: but I understand that argument. I don't think that LeBron and Anthony Davis is going to be a good enough combo when you look at the decline in LeBron's game that I think you're going to see. I think it's going to be a pretty precipitous drop-off. I also think his injury situation is going to get worse. So uh, uh, you, you were saying, like, okay, let Anthony Davis play for another year, and then in theory you would have 36-year-old LeBron James paired with Anthony Davis – Uh, LeBron is a year older I just I and you're sitting in the meantime like kind of just doing what twiddling your thumbs you have to I think try and sign somebody and I think Jimmy Butler is probably the fallback that you end up with but so okay you don't like that trade I I do agree it has to be a sign and trade that's the expectation that Anthony Davis is committing long term I love that deal if I'm the Lakers but what would you do
4: I would I mean so the the, there's a lot of guys that I would trade him for but not that would necessarily they would agree to the trade. Like, you know, obviously you would do them for like the top guys like Giannis, but the ones that I think that might actually consider it, maybe Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I heard the odd couple suggest this on on, on their show. They got a promo running uh, for Joel Embiid. You know, that's something that maybe the 76ers would do because of the injury risk factor with Joel Embiid. So those are two that I would pro- I would probably do as as a Lakers fan um but I'd
3: be nervous about Embiid's injury situation and just going with a big man in general in a league where a big man seems to be less and less valuable every year and I know Embiid is uh is a beast and he's still insanely young uh that would be an intriguing move by the 76ers because the 76ers then had Tobias Harris uh they'd probably lose Jimmy Butler in the scenario right I don't think most people are anticipating them re-signing him maybe they would uh, but with Ben Simmons and LeBron James, my concern would be: Do Ben Simmons and LeBron James really make sense together?
4: Yeah, maybe not. Uh, it's you know, it's a, it's a I fair don't, point.
3: I, I, I think that's kind of a tough concept because both those guys want the ball. I don't know if Ben Simmons is ever going to develop a jump shot, but LeBron loves guys who he can you know pass to to make shots. Ben Simmons is never going to be that guy. Uh, so that would be my concern. Tobias Harris I can see fitting in pretty well with LeBron's game. Uh, all right, so ideally you get one. What trade would you make? Would it be the Carl the Anthony Towns move then?
4: Yeah, I, I, I like that. You know, he's proven. And that's, that's the reason I don't like your second trade scenario is because, you know, as much hype surrounding Zion and as, as much as he seems like a sure thing, I feel like if you're trading LeBron James, You have to get somebody that's proven because as slim as the chance is, there's still the chance that Zion comes in the NBA and he's a bust. Like, the chance is there. And if you traded LeBron James and then that happened, ugh,
3: I think the the difference is LeBron would be out of the league almost before you knew that Zion was a total bust. It's rare that the number one overall pick, I know it happens every now and then, comes in and immediately everybody can say, oh my God, this guy's awful. He should have never been the number one pick. And I just don't think you'd be able to tell that from Zion for a while because I think everyone recognizes that he's young and raw uh, and he still needs to develop in many ways. And in fact, I mean, the guy's still got a ton of baby fat, Zion does. I don't even think we have a clue... What his body is going to look like when he actually commits and turns into what most guys in the NBA eventually turn into, which is really good uh, shape. I mean, think about um, something as simple as uh, you know, and, and he's nowhere near as good of a player. But uh, Noah is a perfect example, right? Uh, I mean, he Joachim Noah, like he came into the league looking like a doughboy, right? And he's not even that great of an athlete, and eventually. He got absolutely ripped. I think that when we actually see a ripped Zion Williamson, his athleticism is going to be off the charts to a degree that we haven't even contemplated yet. He's doing all this now, and you look at him, and I still think he's got baby fat on him. I mean, in all seriousness. I think uh, the sky is the limit with this guy. I don't think the Knicks would trade the number one pick. If they get the number one pick next week in the draft lottery, I don't think there's any way you they would trade it, but I think if you're the Lakers, you 100 billion percent have to explore that idea. Well, Eddie Garcia, any trade that you see out there that you would like, or do you like any of the ones that have been suggested so far? Well, I, I don't see LeBron James going to Minnesota or that, New Orleans. Uh, I think you have to find a place that he is willing to go to. Remember, well, I don't know what he would do. Like He doesn't I think have he would, a no-trade clause. Well, I guess he could refuse to show up. Yeah, the Steelers traded Antonio Brown to Buffalo, and he said, I'm not going there, and so he didn't go there, so So I'm looking at the East in a team that uh, underachieved but has talent and they have a stable GM who's willing to take risks. And I'm thinking Boston for, I don't know, some some sort of package of players and draft picks. I think Danny Ainge has the balls to do something like that. And the Celtics uh, are right now not as good as they thought they were going to be. And they're still... Looking up at the Bucks and the Raptors and maybe the 76ers, I I, I wonder. I think that's a place LeBron would go, and I think that's a person in Danny Ainge that would do a bold pick like or do a bold move like that. Yeah, that's intriguing. Uh, Roberto, you got one? Or do you uh, like one that we've already laid out?
4: Yeah, I like the Anthony Davis one, but I, I have to be sign-and-trade. And then how about uh, maybe, yeah, uh, train him to take, let's say Kawhi's going to leave Toronto, but do like a sign-and-trade with Toronto for LeBron?
3: Yeah, no, I don't think that's a, uh, I don't think that's a bad play either. Um, uh, I, I look, I, I don't think that uh, I love the idea of shipping LeBron to to Minnesota or Toronto because I think his head would explode because he thinks he's traveled to uh, Southern California. He's going to have a perfect uh, setup. Kawhi's going to be an intriguing one, and I think we're going to learn a lot about what Kawhi's future path is based on how Game Seven goes because if the Raptors lose in Game Seven, which is Look, the the Raptors have had one of the worst uh, histories in the playoffs of any NBA franchise that has hoped to contend for championships. If they lose that Game 7 to the Sixers, then I think Kawhi is as good as done to go to L.A. But if they win Game 7, and if they then advance to the NBA the Eastern Conference Finals, and let's say they give a real run to the Milwaukee Bucks, I think Kawhi might consider staying with the uh, – with the uh, Toronto Raptors, but I think the Clippers really showed everybody how good they could be with Doc Rivers. They got a stable situation, really solid coach in Doc Rivers. They won two games against the Warriors after trading away their prized asset in Tobias Harris. I really do feel like, honestly, unless they went to the NBA Finals and almost won the championship, that the likelihood is Kawhi's probably going to go to the Clippers. So uh, I think that the, uh, the Raptors are in a dangerous situation there as they try to persuade him to, to make the decision. But honestly, we're not going to know any of this until July when everybody starts breaking down their decisions.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific.
2: people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do it yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at oReillyauto.com/2pros. That's oReillyauto.com/2pros.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge.
3: Schwartz I want to start with you you're a Lakers fan right born and raised in LA yes if you were Jeannie Buss or you were Kurt Rambis's wife and they came to you and they were like Jeff Schwartz what do you think we should do what would you do at this point in time
6: Uh, look I think it's fun to talk about training LeBron James but that's not going to actually happen I mean you can't train him after a year um, you need to find a young and up-and-coming coach. And I know it's going to be hard because it's intimidating to probably work with LeBron James. But you need to find someone who's hungry, who thinks about the game a little differently probably. You need to pair that with a general manager who feels the same way. I don't know they've hired a GM yet. I know Rambis is in a role of like a, um, you know, just an advisor. They need to kind of pair these two together to make them work. I mean, almost like in the NFL, maybe. And I know Shanahan and Lynch haven't worked, but they paired those two guys up, kind of two young thinkers, thinking outside the box. They need to do that in L.A. You can't just be the same old Lakers. It's not working. Interesting, because people have not blamed LeBron for this. And I get he's staying out of this, but he came to L.A. with the idea that he was going to bring guys with him. And if he had brought guys with him, this would never be happening. And it looks like we're not going to get anybody, not we, but the Lakers will not get anybody in franchise this year, right? Kawhi's going to the Clippers, I think. Jimmy Butler, I don't know. Kyrie Irving coming out. I mean, who's coming to Los Angeles? Nobody. And so that was the purpose of LeBron coming to L.A. It wasn't just LeBron by himself. It was LeBron plus a couple players. And that's been a failure. It's not happening. So that, to me, is disappointing. I think we have another long stretch
3: where the Lakers aren't very good. Do you think it is also that that maybe some of these young guys are being pretty smart and they're like, wait a minute, LeBron James is going to turn 35 this year. The odds of him continuing to play at this high level based on history are pretty low. The next year will be 36, the year after that 37. If I'm a young guy like Anthony Davis, I never thought it made sense, even the pursuit of the Lakers for Anthony Davis. I said this back in that time. I said, look, this makes sense if you are Anthony Davis who's just like, star because he remembers LeBron James and thinks it's amazing that LeBron James likes him and he's thinking like he's a 16- or 17-year-old kid as opposed to thinking like a 26-year-old adult. It doesn't make sense for Le- for Anthony Davis, if he's worried about the Pelicans' future, to move to the Lakers and tie himself to LeBron James' long run.
6: Well, look, I think it used to be, and this is kind of hard for Lakers fans to deal with, I know I've kind of come to, to realization, it used to be, you know, guys went to L.A. because... They wanted to do the movies, and they wanted to be, you know, be a celebrity, and they wanted to be seen, and they want all this stuff. Well, you don't need that anymore. You have social media. Got all the players live in L.A. in the off season. You don't have to. You don't need the L.A. market to become, you know, famous, popular movie star. You don't need all that stuff. And that used to be the driving force. I think for a lot of these free pickups was the chance to win. Also live in Los Angeles. Well. It's not really there anymore because you can still be that guy you want to be and not live in Los Angeles. So They have to come up with another pitch. They have to find another way to get guys to come to Los Angeles. I don't know what that is. I mean, it's, you sell a young, aggressive, hungry team that's going to play basketball, you know, up, up and down, shoot a lot of things, all the things that, that guys want to do now. But they're not doing that. They're kind of selling the old-school Lakers. That doesn't work anymore. No, no one cares.
0: Yeah,
3: it is uh it is really intriguing in and of itself. It's a good point like that uh if you're an NBA player you can become a superstar anywhere. Now, I mean uniquely I think that with social media, although I would argue and this has been my case for a while, the bigger you are, the less you need social media. You know, the the t- the Tiger oh, yeah. Woods, uh the 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 Peyton Manning's <laughs> The uh, Tom Brady, for the most part, although in the last couple of years, as his career has been coming to a close, he's been a little bit more active on social media. Michael he's Jordan, pushing
6: his, he's pushing his his other business on social media. That's what yeah, he's doing
3: right. This, I huh? mean, he's he's basically doing that. But in general, I think it's great for guys like you or guys like me who are out yeah. there that you know are competing in an industry where people might not know us. But if you're already the best at what you do. There's not much value in social media. I, it was it's funny. Like I was having this conversation with uh, with Cowherd recently, and he's like, "Social media." He was talking about uh, about me. He said like, "Social media is great for you as you're making your career and making people aware of who you are." But at some point, you reach that level. Like, I'm on television for an hour every day. I've got radio for three hours every day. My opinions are widely distributed for people. I still enjoy social media, but I don't necessarily need it. Um, and I think that if you become a great player, like Kawhi Leonard, does he have a social media account? Has he ever tweeted? Does he Instagram at all? <laughs> I
6: don't think so. Um, you no, know, I think you're right about that. I mean, look, brands, if they want to partner with you, will will want social media, you know, to to be a distributing factor. We talk about this all the time, and you mentioned this a lot. You know, social media is not always real life, right? So yeah. You can't okay. just you you can't just you know look at your mentions and the way that people react to your brand on social media and think that's the way people will react to your brand in real life. So if you try to market yourself on social media, at a certain point, it, it, to your point, it really doesn't matter. You have to be able to market yourself to more than just what you see on social media. And some of these guys, like you said, Kawhi doesn't have social media, I don't think. He's the, he's like the brand, the new Balance. I'm, I wear new Balance. I can't wait. I hope, I hope there's some new styles for New Balance because they're pretty <laughs> rough but uh, I'm hoping that, that Kawhi can come out with some new some new fierce looking New Balance 940 version 3s. I'll
3: tell you this like and, and the social media angle is a good one when I would do local radio in Nashville my hometown every security guard in the city listened to our radio show and, and it's funny like you can pick out certain professions you know like where you're like oh 100 percent like If you are a male security guard and you lived in Nashville, Tennessee, you listen to my show. And I remember having a conversation with a couple of those guys once. None of them were on social media. Like, you sit around, and if you're in social media, um, and and, and they would all want to talk about what happened on the radio. And this even happened when I was out in L.A. uh, recently. uh, A couple of other security guards. I don't know what the percentages are. I'd love to see by profession. But security guards have lots of time to kill. They got like an earbud in and they're listening to, a lot of them, huge sports fans. It's amazing. You walk into a building almost every time my, to a man, every single one of them, they're almost all dudes, listen to sports talk radio or plugged in there, right? But I, the other oh, yeah. analogy that I – they none of them were sitting around like on Twitter following, you know, like me on a day-to-day basis on Twitter. It was all based on what I was saying on radio. And there are tons of people out there listening to us right now that have never been on social media because only 20% of people are on Twitter. Only 2% of those people are actually active. And what's funny about social media is, and this is an analogy that one of my old bosses, Pete Vlastelica, uh, gave me, and he ran Fox Sports Digital. He said social media is a little bit like a crack house. He said, if you walk into that crack house and you have never been there before, you're like, man, it's dark it's disgusting in here like everybody's messed up like what are people running around doing and and you're like man this is awful but if you're on crack you think the crack house is normal and so it's a great analogy because if you've never gone into that social media crack house you think everything there is totally normal but then if you come out you're like the bright sunshine you're like man this world is a lot better outside of the crack house, and it's an addictive thing. You know that—that's kind of the uh, the the analogy that was made, and it creates in your mind a sense that the universe is different than it actually is. And uh, I, I just thought it was a really uh, brilliant way of thinking about it. And it's fine to use as a tool, but if you start to use it in any way that defines you, I think you've lost your mind. And I think there's a lot of people who do that. And and frankly, Adam Silver spoke to this. I mean, he said that a lot of NBA players are very, very unhappy. And, you know, Kevin Durant is the best player in the world, and he was creating burner accounts to respond to random critics on social media. I mean, that's crazy. crazy. He's in the crack house, right? Like, he thinks that's normal. Instead of if he had never gotten on social media before, I think his life would probably be a lot better. And I don't know that Kevin Durant has benefited in any way from social media. And I think most great athletes... And great players don't benefit at all because what speaks for them is how they perform on the field or court, not based on what they're tweeting or Instagramming.
6: Yeah, but I think brands like them to have the social media. So when they, you know, I, mean, I saw something where Kim Kardashian makes like two fifty to five hundred thousand dollars per Instagram post.
3: Uh, yeah Yeah. look she's a she's a different universe and also by the way i guarantee you she's not running that social media account a lot of the time no 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 no. but and i'm not saying you can't have a social media account for purposes of promoting the brands that you're on but i mean for purposes of like pulling out your phone and reading the comments that people are making to you it's 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 crazy crazy.
6: that's why i filter you know i filter out my comments to only people that follow me it's really helpful also look if you you know sports twitter can be a little bit cesspooly but I mean, political Twitter, like, is just the absolute worst. And I I've, I've made a decision on my Twitter, basically, to just not comment on politics. I have so many comments. I type up tweets. I delete them. I don't send them. Because every time I, you remotely touch politics, and you, 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 know, you do this a lot.
3: Well, I just um, look, I'm in the opinion business. And so, lot, I, I, whether I, you, you know, love or hate me, I'm going to tell yeah. you one billion percent what I think every day. And so if people like my opinion, that's fine. If they hate it, whatever. But I've been in that base, and I've done it for a decade or more. So I'm kind of used to it. And I think people are somewhat used to the fact that you're just as likely to get my opinion on Game of Thrones or Avengers or on the latest Supreme Court uh, you know, controversy as you are on what I think the Lakers should do with LeBron James. Like To me, I consider you're myself Game to be Thrones. in the opinion business. And I've always done you're it.
6: G- you are – I'm surprised that you have taken – the kind of, like, Game of Thrones is not a very good stance this season.
3: because Oh, I, I'm a you, huge fan, but it's not I, very good.
6: Because I think that we, we, with Game of Thrones, though, we need to, like, wait and see the last two episodes because I think a lot of the things that you're upset about could be answered in the last couple of episodes. Like, for example, they keep setting up Daenerys to be – she's an awful tactician. Like, that seems to be a scene now. It's no longer, like, bad writing, as people say. Like, she is now terrible – and attacking, and now she's losing her dragons. Like, so something should happen because of that. Like, and if it doesn't, then that's just bad writing, right? Like, you're, you're upset about there's no you know, that they, they, Cersei they, they, they just didn't wipe out the entire tiny army that showed up at, at, at her front gates. I mean, they've had episodes where enemies have met and they have not fought each other. If they would have, she would have killed them. The show would have been over. Like, you have to have something. Yeah, have but to, I, some but system.
3: sometimes that's that's like what Game of Thrones would do like be an unsatisfying ending because it's real and my thing is not that uh that that i necessarily disagree with decisions it's that game of thrones for a long time was a chess match right you didn't necessarily know as people tried to figure out how to get the iron throne for themselves it took a lot of really smart moves and counter moves and everything else and the show treated its audience intelligently And sometimes there were grand surprises that you didn't see coming that all logically were put together and made sense later. What I see is a lot of really lazy plot points and writing And I think the show is taking for granted the intelligence of its audience. And that was one of the things that I could defend back in the day. Look, is there lots of sex? Is there violence? Is there, uh, you know, like dragons and magical realism and all these other different aspects? (laughs) Yes. But I could say, like, there was a strong level of intelligence that underpinned it. When John and Daenerys hop on dragons and go for a flight like on The Bachelor together and stand by a waterfall and hug each other, it's so bad that I can't <laughs> defend it anymore, right? I
6: think they're setting. Up, I think they're setting up for there to be a a bloody death between those two. right. I think that Jon ends up killing Daenerys and taking the throne. Possibly. I also think. How about this? Do you think Tyrion is, is a mole for Cersei? Like, I, 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 It kind of feels a little bit like every decision he's made for Daenerys has been awful. And then she didn't kill him. Like she could have just killed him Cersei all. Cersei could have killed him. Scene.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
6: I, I kind of like. I don't know why I feel like that could be like. They, I, I agree with you. It, if nothing changes, like if they just have a battle next episode and nothing weird happens, and then like someone's on the throne, like I, I could agree with you. Like yeah, it's just been late, but I think we have two episodes where all of the things we're upset about might change very quickly. Like we don't. We, it's just and they're trying to fit a lot into six episodes. It would have been better if this was two seasons, but it is what it is.
3: Uh how ridiculous do you think the Chicago Cubs were? We haven't talked about this so far today. Yeah. I talked about it a lot yesterday for suspending the guy for the okay jet. I mean banning him for life what
6: what's interesting about this is obviously I knew the what the gesture had you know can mean on the white supremacy I, I knew I knew all that, but I still play the game with my friends I mean am i i I don't like people are like if people you're out over there who don't years old, you don't play yeah. like, i I still do that with my friends when I see them um and so What I found the most upsetting about the whole thing was that the report came out that they looked at this guy's social media and realized that this is what he believes. But then, of course, it came out
3: that they did not do any of that.
6: So, like, that to me is just, again, to me it's crazy.
3: Like, you're talking, for people out there who don't know, the circle game is something that I would say, like, every 12-year-old to 70-year-old man who's (laughs) listening to us right now at some mostly men i don't i haven't seen a lot of women play the circle game mostly I'll men, try to get
6: my wife to do it just so i can just punch her for a second
3: yeah good luck with that uh most of the men like you you put the circle down beneath your waist and uh and if the person looks then you can punch them in the arm right and uh, and you also have the opportunity to break the circle kind of like with your peripheral vision if you can get down and get your finger in the circle and knock yeah. it out um and then you get to punch them all right, so all of that is like a, a game that I think there's a huge percentage of people who are driving around in their cars right now who have either played this game, been punched in the shoulder. Almost every guy in America uh, between the ages of, like I said, like 12 and 70 have done this. I think a tiny percentage of the people know that this prank was put in place by all of the people out there at 4chan who are just like these prankster internet, uh, you know, like uh, wild Hoses. men. And so they created the idea to make fun of the fact that everything is racist now in Trump's America that the OK sign was racist as a prank and now the media has bought it hook line and sinker and so this guy might have just been playing the game like hey but he, you know looking I I you're you're looking at my circle and now he's banned for life by the clubs it's crazy
6: I'm surprised we haven't found out who the guy is yet I mean, normally that stuff leaks pretty fast um I mean, look, I do think he's probably it was, terrified. It was start. It was started as a hoax, obviously. I do think that it has taken some effect. By the way, speaking about thinking about did you see the? Did you see the video that came out from Holmby Hills of the guy that had a thousand rifles in his in his yard in Los Angeles? No. Okay, it was. It's literally a mile from the Playboy Mansion. It's like two blocks from my high school, from my elementary school, Holmby Hills. Like a, a rich, big houses, like nice area. Um, they found a guy who had over a thousand rifles and he was like selling and trading them and they say he's a white supremacist I don't know but that dude that's why it just I don't know why that I thought about it. a thousand rifles in it, like a mile from the
3: pueblo mansion I mean it seems like are, a lot of rifles i I don't know but if you're in the rifle <laughs> sales business I mean that wow. wouldn't probably seem like a lot of I don't know why you'd be based in la if you were selling rifles but it seems like a little bit of a uh, a bad location i don't know maybe it's a huge rifle market uh I but uh I, I have no earthly idea so you expect game of thrones to finish well what do you think by the way is going to happen in the uh, in the game sevens who do you got who you got now in the game so 7s?
6: um i mean the nuggets were 34 and 7 at home during the regular season i think they've lost what one home game in each of the yeah, first they two lost. rounds
3: yeah that's right um uh
6: i think they win this they, they, they're they're too strong um, they shoot too well at home. I think they witness. They play better defense at home. Um, and I do, I do not trust the Sixers at all. I think the Sixers get totally run out of the gym in Toronto. What didn't to do? I mean, B didn't show up. He had three points in the first half. Years one for six shooting, and then he played better in the second half. You know, Butler only averages 18 points a game. He's not going to go for whatever, 30 he had last night. Um, and I just don't trust it so They're such a front-running team. Good, uh, they get behind by
0: 10 points. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Last night, two big game sixes,
3: and it looks like we're going to have at least two big game sevens. Double-digit wins for the 76ers and for the Nuggets, sorry, and sorry, Nuggets fans, and for the Trailblazers, forcing game sevens back in denver at the nuggets home arena where they have been outstanding and back in toronto at the raptors home arena where they have also been outstanding we will await to see whether we will have a third game seven which would be only the second time that's happened in the history of the nba if the golden state warriors lose on the road tonight in houston as i think they will do i love the rockets to win this game by double digits i think they pull away late i think steve kerr rests his men because it's going to be a quick turnaround for a 12.30 Pacific, 3.30 East Coast tip on Game 7 Sunday. So I think what it will ultimately be that is the series that decides who wins the NBA Finals between the Warriors and the Rockets. We've now got Kevin Durant out for the final two games of this series, just like Chris Paul was out for the final two games of the series last year against uh the uh, in the Warriors and the Rockets. The Warriors benefited last year from Chris Paul's injury. Now they will, potentially the Rockets, benefit from Kevin Durant's injury. We'll see if the Rockets can do what the Warriors did last year, which is come back from a 3-2 series deficit and win a Game 7 on the road to put their team into uh, the continuing rounds of the playoffs into the Western Conference Finals. So we will see two Game 7s in the West, one Game 7 in the East. NBA has to be pretty ecstatic. Meanwhile, the Milwaukee Bucks got their feet kicked up just chilling. They've gone 8-1 and one in their last nine. Also, the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs continued last night. I believe the Boston Bruins got win one in the Eastern Conference Finals. And uh, we will see what happens in the Western Conference Finals between the St. Louis Blues and the San Jose Sharks. That, of course, will get underway this weekend as well. But this is uh, this is pretty interesting uh, to me. Uh, I, I gave you the uh, the rundown of what terrifies me: snakes, and what they terrify me the most when they are in places they should not be. We have got audio. There's also video of this. I tweeted it out. If you haven't seen it, Justin Cooper, had you seen it before my uh, my Twitter feed? No, I had not. Is this as terrifying to you as it is to me?
4: Yes, absolutely. And uh, snakes aren't even like number one on on my list of you know cre- creatures or critters. What I'm animal to.
3: terrifies you the most? <sighs> spiders. Oh, spider guy. Yeah. Yeah. My wife's big terrified of spiders. I'm terrified of snakes. Snakes are number one on my list of creature that 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 I don't want to have anything to do with. They're above sharks. They're above alligators, crocodiles. Every the every other lions, tigers, bears, everything. Snakes are number one on my list. This guy, I believe it's. You have the the video in front of you. Is this from Oklahoma? Yes. Man in Oklahoma goes to ring the doorbell, and this is what it sounds like.
5: Ah! Oh, Kurt, take you to the hospital.
3: So, I still don't know exactly how this happened, but this guy, this is a terrifying video. He, like, rings a doorbell, and a snake just like comes flying out of the like I, I don't know what it's in is it uh, I, like,
4: I, I read it uh, he was it was uh, wrapped around a light post outside of his door the all porch right, light. that's not
3: fair I mean I'm gonna be honest with you I should not have to look up and worry about a snake if it's maybe if a snake fell out of a tree like we had somebody who was in a kayak do you remember this like years ago on the show talk about bad luck somebody was in a kayak and a rattlesnake fell out of a tree onto them as they were going like down a stream in a kayak that's really unfair like the idea that the snake would be attacking from the sky i'm sorry but that is like uh, that shouldn't be allowed the snake should not be able to have air superiority you know we won world war ii because we had air superiority eventually we took over the skies over europe the snake should not be able to take over the skies Like It's one thing if you have to deal with the snakes on the ground, uh, but the snake being wrapped around a light fixture and then just attacking you when you're knocking on your buddy's door like this poor bastard was to try to go in and just hang out with his buddy and then he got bit in the head by a snake? I mean, and he didn't know if it was a venomous snake or a non-venomous snake. Luckily for him, it was non-venomous But I would imagine you die pretty fast if you get bitten ahead by a snake, wouldn't you think? I'm actually pretty impressed with his response. Like, I think I would die. I I don't know that I could (laughs) continue life. If if a snake bit me and it attacked me by jumping from a light fixture while I was trying to ring a doorbell, I would, I I would, I don't know that I would, like, right now I have, I'm like Theo Epstein when he saw the guy making the OK sign. I am, like, totally shivering. Like, the idea of a snake being able to attack you from above. Is is like it's it's I'm I'm looking up at the ceiling right now in my home office. Like my God, if that if a snake were in here right now, I think I'd have to sell the house. Like especially (laughs) if it came from the roof. If a snake just like fell on me, I'm out. I'm out. Sorry, I don't know how. I I think I would die. I think not from the bite. I think I would have a heart attack and die.
4: Right, I'd be panicking, but this guy immediately take me to the hospital. I I don't. I would. I would. That wouldn't even like. I'd still be. But like when he's saying take me to the hospital, I'd still be on the floor. Like oh my God.
3: Yeah, Gottlieb is now riled up. He just said, what's the call-in number? I think Gottlieb's right, too. Like, I don't know what his perspective is, but a snake with air superiority, do you guys have Gottlieb's number? Call him if somebody has Gottlieb's number, because I think he's rattled here, too. A snake with air superiority changes everything. And I, 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 this snake, like, you talk about, I, I don't know the answer to this, but you know how some humans are good and some are evil? Wouldn't you think that the snake that is up high like wrapped around the light fixture and just attacks a guy who isn't bothering him at all would be an evil snake yeah like, there it's, just, has
4: it's, to... just to, it's just ready it just to do damage yeah snake. right
3: like there has yeah. to be i think i don't know about personalities and like snakes but there have to be like better snakes and worse snakes just like there are better humans and worse humans and this snake has to be at the very top of the worst snake list because this guy wasn't even trying to do anything but go into his buddy's home and he just gets bit right in the face, and you can see it. Like if you haven't seen this video, go to my Twitter feed. Like you can see the snake that because they have the outdoor camera on this house. Because most people wouldn't believe you if you're like, "Yeah, I didn't do anything. I'm just ringing the doorbell, and a snake bit me." Gottlieb, you're with me here. This is not fair.
5: No, I mean from the from above. Like we're always worried about rat the rattle, right? Yes, the rattle is what you're worried about. I mean, and plus it's not like you're in the jungle. You're just knocking on somebody's door. I will tell you though that you're missing a couple of really terrifying animals, and they're they're both in Oklahoma. That's the that's the other part is Oklahoma is this, this bizarre wellspring of really scary stuff. Um, scorpions, super I, super scary.
3: You know because, what? I mean, I've actually come face to face with a scorpion. So I lived in the uh, in the U.S. Virgin Islands um, for a couple of years practicing law and in my shower soon what, what, after you work for the firm yeah i worked at a firm in the u.s virgin Islands. no i mean
5: the, the, like the oh firm, yeah the yeah Grisham it person. was like the firm
3: yeah i came i was like mitch mcdeer back in the day tom cruise i i came out of uh of vanderbilt law school and they recruited me to come down to the caribbean and drug run for a couple of years it was a lot of fun um but so i am uh, i am there in my shower and i look over and there is a scorpion in my shower And I was like, oh, my God, Uh, you know, like, this is scary to me. Not as scary as a snake would have been, but it was scary. Like, the fact that there was a scorpion there. My wife lost her mind, right, because she's terrified. Because a scorpion's pretty close to a spider and yes. uh, and she was pretty terrified of that so we had to get the scorpion out of the shower uh because i guess they like you know dark uh you know moist places or whatever uh and so uh, so the scorpion was there so i've come face to face with one not as scary to me as a spider i'm sorry as a uh as a snake what else possum oh the possum
5: the possum because the possums look like prehistoric animals and they hiss i mean they're just ugly
0: yeah
3: they're
5: just not a particularly good looking animal um, and there's usually a, a bunch of them, and you see them more often than snakes. Like, don't get me wrong, flying snakes. When you ring a doorbell, yeah, that's 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 like that's, that's top five on. I mean, and most people list.
0: wouldn't even
3: have believed the guy hardly if right, he right, had it. Like, sure, the video, yeah,
5: sure, dude, sure. You ring in a doorbell, and there was a snake right there. Like, no, seriously. Like, yeah, okay.
3: I mean, just like, do you the remember guy. the video of the guys, like a big dude, he was leaving, like in good shape, meaning big dude, not like a really fat guy, if I remember correctly, like he was leaving a gym, and it was like a late night, 24 hour gym, probably had an off, you know, hour work job, and he walked out the front door, and I swear to God, a deer just wiped him out, like a deer yes. just flattened yes. him, right, and they had yes. the video of it. Because there's no way otherwise the guy's like, I mean, I swear to God, I just opened the door and a deer hit me. I didn't do anything. Like, I hadn't done anything wrong. And I don't know what happened there, whether the deer was kind of disoriented, like running around in a shopping lot. And it just happened that the moment that guy opened the door, he was, like, getting led over the middle by a bad quarterback. And that deer just wrecked him. And the dude had to be like, I can't, like, you got to keep your eyes peeled for a deer? Like I I don't even know what's going on here. So uh, so I felt like that when I saw this uh, this and the deer is generally not terrifying, but the snake like off the, the off the top rope there, which is really what the snake was doing, completely unacceptable.
5: Yeah, and then I mean, and then they, then he bit him, right? Like, yeah, he bit him.
3: I mean, you crazy? could see you could see the biting happen, like the the guy like right in the head. I mean, and he thought it might be a venomous snake. He's like, I got to go to the hospital. The guy, I got to be honest with you. And, and Coop, you were saying this too. The guy responded ex- like he'd been trained to expect that he was going to get bitten in the head by a snake because he was like, immediately, I got to go to the hospital. <laughs> like, I mean, he was totally ready for this. I think I would have fainted on the spot. This guy was like, hey, I just got bitten in the head by a snake outside your door when I rang the doorbell. We got to go to the hospital. That's pretty good. Uh, the, I mean, the, like on the spot. The only, question, the only
5: other question I had is, is that a ring doorbell? or is that uh, Otherwise, how does the video exist?
3: Yeah, I think it must be a ring doorbell where when you push the doorbell, it comes on. And at that exact moment, like, I still don't understand what the snake thought. Uh, Like, again, is it an evil snake? Like, did the snake, maybe there was a vibration in the, I'm thinking about it now, maybe there was a vibration where the snake was and it just naturally leapt out because it felt threatened. But I don't really understand what happened there, why the snake would curl all the way up, climb all the way around the wall. And and I don't even know how that's possible because that's terrifying to me, too and just be hanging out there by the light fixture, it doesn't make sense.
5: No, no. Uh, but it is, it, 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 uh, you know, like, look, it's interesting that it's Oklahoma, and, you know, my wife's from Oklahoma, and the first thing she's like, like, yeah, that's Oklahoma. I could totally see it. I was like, no way. Flying Stank's about, she's like, literally moved that one time, and there's a Scorpion? I was like, yeah. Yeah. You know, know- there's Armadillos. Armadillos are not... Uh, are not uh, venomous or ugly or, or vicious looking creatures but they got a bunch of stuff there which is Armadillos oh, well, I'll, have I'll made you, their I'll way the one, all hey, the way to the Tennessee
4: exists,
5: I'll tell you the one that exists in the south and they're like spreading is these wild hogs yeah wild hogs
3: yeah no I know those guys are everywhere I know those guys are crazy and that that you know like uh <laughs> and this, hunt them yeah oh yeah oh yeah it's crazy Um, and they're massive and they're, they're terrifying uh, yeah the, the thing i would say about the uh about the snake in general is um i i wanted to, like i would love to hear from this guy like i don't understand how this guy didn't become an immediate celebrity like i, I want to have that guy on and ask him about the process of getting bit by a snake from that high up i mean to me it's absolutely terrifying by the way why are you up so early Where's Gottlieb? Yeah, Did we dude. why are you up yeah so early? I'm right here
5: i'm coming to do dan patrick
3: Ah, okay that's what i thought i was going to give you an opportunity to tease who you got on no idea. <laughs> Solid. Hey, it's only forty-five minutes till you're on, so uh, I'm sure you got time to figure it out. Yeah, I'm pulling it right now. All right, knock it out. That's uh, Gottlieb. Uh, Doug Gottlieb at Gottlieb Show. Go follow him uh, on Twitter. Listen to him on uh, Dan Patrick on many of the same stations that you guys are uh, are listening on now and uh, you'll be able to be entertained by him, even though he has no idea what he's got on the show. He's got 45 minutes to figure out.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Oh, 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 alright.